All right. This is finally episode one of the brand new ketogenic bodybuilding podcast. I'm your humble host, Rob Goodwin, founder of the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group, now 10,000 members strong and growing literally every day. And this ketogenic bodybuilding brand has blown up uh, like I never thought it would. When I started the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group, and by the way, if you're not a member, we'd love to have you just go to uh, facebook.com slash groups slash keto bodybuilding and uh, go ahead and click that join button and we'll get you in there very quickly. But uh, when I first started that group, it was uh, I thought it was going to be this kind of fringe thing, uh, specifically because of the way people sort of uh, turn their noses up to the notion of hard training in a ketogenic primal nutrition program. But uh, so when I started that group, I thought it was just going to be a handful of friends and colleagues and uh, that would jump on board. And to my amazement, it absolutely exploded. And I realized very quickly that there's a lot of people out there that are like-minded that do use low-carb, primal, ketogenic-style nutrition principles and engage in very regular hard training to try to reach their absolute best genetic potential, which should be the goal for everybody. That's what bodybuilding is. So, uh, you know, our slogan is keto for the extreme physique culture, and it is truly just bridging the gap between hard, intense training, whatever that means to you, and a primal ketogenic nutrition protocol. So uh, we will cover that weekly here on the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast, and uh, because I have been doing this shit for 27 years, uh, heavily steeped in the hard training, bodybuilding and coaching world at so many different levels, I can't even keep track anymore. And uh, I've been doing the keto thing almost exclusively uh, using my hybrid ketogenic bodybuilding approach for over a decade now that I've been doing this. So I'm, I, I am pr very proud uh, to be sort of a pioneer and a ketogenic bodybuilding OG, and uh, I appreciate everybody's support. So um, the goal of the podcast is to bring you questions, you know, to answer questions and concerns that I often get in the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. Uh, I get from my current clients and uh, elsewhere out in the, uh, the expanse of the interwebs. So uh, my, you know, my, my schedule is so insane and I often feel a little guilty, to be honest with you, that I can't give every question and every social media post the time that uh, it deserves with answers and specific nuances of, of how to navigate through a lot of these concerns in this world, uh, a world that the orthodoxy says basically is bullshit and shouldn't exist and you need carbs to build muscle, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're going to easily rip that myth apart and uh, dispel all of that horse shit. So uh, <laughs> buckle up. It's going to be good and I will hold nothing back. And that is my promise to you. But, uh, you know, I often tell people that I tell people what they need to hear, maybe not what they want to hear. And uh, even though that can come across a little harsh, know that I'm always doing that from a place of love uh, because I really do care about people. That's why I do what I do and I've been doing it for so long because I love helping people bring out their true potential through training and nutrition. So each week we're going to address all of these concerns. 
So that's what you can expect uh, each week from this ketogenic bodybuilding podcast. I appreciate your support. Please tell a friend, spread the word. It is one of those things where uh, we are on the fringe of the movement and it takes digital warriors like yourselves to get out there and invite other people and bring them into the fold. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you're on iTunes, leave a review. It goes a long way to pushing those algorithms to other people. Uh, and it will recommend this podcast to those who are searching other ketogenic and hard training style podcasts. So maybe we can bring some others into the fold as well and keep growing this little community. So again, I'm going to thank you in advance for that. So appreciate it. Um, I am, uh, I'm kicking the tires on this thing. I'm kind of setting the table today. What, what I plan to do today is give you a little bit of background about myself just so you know the environment that I came from, I'm gonna to try to shorten that as much as humanly possible because it is a long story that spans over a decade that I was heavily steeped in the hard training and bodybuilding world. And then, uh, then I'm gonna kind of walk you through my, my own personal ketogenic bodybuilding hybrid nutrition and training approach and how we kind of tie it all together. I'm gonna to give you the, the, the broad strokes and the bullet points as to how this works. So this is also gonna be a good podcast for new ketogenic bodybuilding face group members to, to listen to, to sort of set the table uh, on how to get started in all this and, and what some of our belief systems are. And it all comes, uh, it's, it's all looked at and investigated through a very rational, logical lens. And that's the way I approach everything with training. So. Uh, the way that I train, that I've achieved great success through training, doesn't necessarily follow the norms as well as my nutritional approach doesn't always follow the orthodoxy out there. And you're probably all nodding your head that you've probably experienced some of that negativity from that outside world as well. And we're going to break through that shit and we're going to try to gain some ammunition through this podcast to help you... Uh, not only have a better understanding of how all this stuff works and how you can continue to move forward and get results, but you can also uh, express what we do and what you do to others who are looking to make a change and finally bust through some plateaus and get some real results and uh, improve how they look and feel and reach their full genetic potential. So uh, who am I? Well, um, as stated, I've been uh, uh, doing this for, Gosh, I think it's like 27 years now that I've been uh, in the trenches training real human beings on the workout floor. And, and let me go ahead and tell you right now, as much as there is a place for science uh, in this stuff, um, so much of it is uh, based off on individual results. And um, when you work with people on the workout floor five days a week, sometimes six days a week, for nearly 30 years, you get a very intimate, uh, you get an intimate look into the hearts and minds and souls of real human beings that you work with and exchange with on a regular basis. So it's kind of the ultimate controlled research study when you're working with uh, thousands of people over the years and, and seeing what gives them results and what works and what doesn't work and, you know, compiling that information and uh, tr always trying to constantly learn um, and grow uh, within the industry and through the science and through experiences and through the ups and downs that, that uh, I myself and my clients face. So, 
you know, anecdotal evidence is powerful and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So I'm never going to tell you anything that I don't do myself. And I'm never going to share something with you that I don't think will be 100% supportive of your goals for reaching your best body through a low carb primal ketogenic nutrition approach combined with hard training, whatever that means to you. And in regard to the term bodybuilding, I have to cover this a lot because some people will reluctantly join our Facebook group uh, thinking, well, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I like to train hard. Well, don't confuse the generic term bodybuilding with the terms competitive bodybuilder or professional bodybuilder. What do I mean? If you have a goal of reaching your genetic potential, of your body, swapping body composition, losing fat, gaining lean muscle tissue to achieve the best possible version of yourself that you can imagine. So you are ultimately happy with your reflection and you are proud of the way you look and feel. You, my friend, are a bodybuilder. You are building your body and working towards, you know, accomplishing and building the best possible physique with the genetics that you were blessed with. It's about hard work and effort. It's about building your body. Now, a competitive bodybuilder is somebody who takes it to the, the highest degree. They train specifically in order to stand on a stage under bright lights in their underwear, practically, in front of a thousand people and showing off their physique, doing mandatory poses and routines and competing against other people in a physique competition. Now, I know, doing this as long as I have, that 99% of you will probably have no desire to ever do that, even though I think it's a great thing for everybody to do, aspire to do at least one time in their life, but that's another story. Um, no, you do not have to be a competitive bodybuilder uh, or a professional bodybuilder in order to, to uh, you know, participate in our little universe here. It's about anybody who's trying to be their absolute best through a combination of hard training and sound ketogenic primal ancestral low carb nutrition principles. Fair enough. So yeah, you belong, you know, so don't, don't think of the term bodybuilding as a derogatory term of some steroid written, ridden freaking monster that you see on the cover of the old flex magazine. Um, this is about you putting forth your best effort to build the most extreme physique that you can, the one that you're pleased with, the one that you that, that your goals are. So are we clear on that? I, I like to think so. So um, onward. So about me, I'm, God, I swear to God, I'm going to try this to make this as short as possible. And I've even kind of run through my story a few times in my head thinking, how can I not bore the shit out of people and <laughs> drive them away so they never listen to another podcast? But I also think that, you know, once again, if I don't set the table with this and uh, sort of give you some insight, perspective and background on myself, then perhaps I won't have the same level of credibility uh, telling you how to do all this stuff because I need you to know that I've been, you know, duking it out in the trenches, you know, blue collar style for, you know, well over two decades. And um, so I want you to know that, you know, I am with you. I, I've, I've been there. I've done that. I've made mistakes. I've had little victories. I've, you know, I, I regret nothing. And it's brought me to this point where I can share my experiences within a, with a very unique medium of this ketogenic bodybuilding and ketogenic hard training world. 
and perhaps uh, shed a little light into your life and make things a little easier for you talking about my experiences and what has worked for me and what hasn't. So for me, it all started literally, I'm, I'm 51 years old. Uh, I'm an old guy now, uh, but I, I feel young. Um, I like to think that from the neck down anyway, I don't look like a typical 51 year old. And that's, you know, part of my daily goals to continue to sustain that. But back in way back in uh, early 1994, um, I was going absolutely nowhere in my life. Yeah, it's one of those stories. Um, just moved to North Carolina, the sticks of North Carolina, kind of a culture shock thing from Florida, which, uh, you know, I do not regret that. But at the time, I was kind of wondering what the hell am I doing? And uh, I really was going nowhere in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Do I want to go back to school? Do, what do I want to pursue? What I had no idea. I uh, even flirted with uh, going into the military. Because to be honest with you, you know, I come from a background of being a musician. You know, I grew up in my teenage years of being this artsy little musician, guitar player, uh, recluse um, that just spent hours playing guitar and, and listening to music and being involved in that world. And I took that to an insane degree, just like I take my training now and nutrition to an insane degree. But um, and to be honest, even when I was in my musician days, I loved aggressive music. I loved hard music. I loved heavy music. I loved anything that was extreme or out of the norm or aggressive and things like that. So, you know, it stands to reason why I would get into a very, you know, extreme version of fitness. But um, so I was working this dead end job, thought about going into the military, decided not to for some reason. I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you why. I just walked away from the recruiting office after pretty much con convinced I was going to do that because I was going nowhere. But a week later, I met a girl. You know, it's, it's one of those stories. It's all about a girl. But uh, I met uh, a girl. Fast forward through meeting her and after a first date and hitting it off famously and me being very attracted to this spunky little all of five foot two girl. Um, we got engaged and went ahead and skipped over a step and had a beautiful baby boy. Uh, but then I think for reasons I don't even want to go into, you know, you know how life is. We needed to take some time away and sadly we split up and it was kind of a devastating time in my life because I was a single dad now. Um, I was confused um, as I'm, as I know she was too. And it was just two young kids that maybe rushed things a bit. Uh, but, but the thing is, it, it actually, you know, turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. But I was at a point where I was depressed. I was pissed off. I had no direction, didn't know what I was doing, working a shitty job. And uh, one day uh, working said shitty job in a furniture factory, um, I was approached by this dude who was, uh, uh, let me just to, to point a picture, uh, this, this, this black guy walks up to me who obviously was in phenomenal shape. He was lean, he was jacked, he was muscular. And I was like, holy shit, kind of taken aback. And he was super cool and introduced himself. And after a little bit of small talk, he said uh, laughingly, well, you don't look like you belong here. And I was like, well, you definitely don't look like you belong here. And we instantly hit it off. And uh, it wasn't long into more small talk that he invited me to the gym after work. Well, I had nothing going on. <laughs> my life was complete nothing apart from taking care of my young son. So I'm like, what the hell? 
And uh, again, I'm, I'm fast forwarding and leaving out a lot of details, but he proceeded to kick my ass to a crazy degree on day one. So wouldn't you know, my first workout, serious workout really of my life was with a competitive bodybuilder who literally beat the living shit out of me. Um, but you know, his name is Melvin and he has now become one of my dearest friends. He's a brother to me and, uh, we, we still hang out to this day and he still helps me to this day and I try to help him. So, uh, it's turned into a wonderful relationship, but, um, he took me to the gym, beat the shit out of me. And the thing of it is, is where most people would experience that and want nothing to do with it after they wake up the next morning, so sore, they can hardly move in absolute agony and pain to me. I was instantly hooked. I was awestruck by the experience, the aggression of it, the, the experiment of it. And I just, from that moment forward, it became an instant addiction. I can't even explain it. It just, it transformed me literally almost in a day, definitely within a week. So I'm training with my buddy Melvin, the competitive bodybuilder, who's sort of teaching me the ropes and, and me being the person that I am and I take everything to an extreme. I go overboard on everything. I research everything to the nth degree. I want answers. I wanted to be the best that I can be. I'm a total geek. So in the same way I immersed myself in music, uh, I immersed myself in training. And for me, it wasn't just training and fitness. I was thrown into fucking bodybuilding. That's like, I didn't go to driver's ed and start taking courses and driving a car and going through the steps. I was like thrown into a formula one car and told to put my foot on the gas and go 200 miles an hour. So it was like, uh, you know, immediately I was thrown into this world. So in my usual fashion, uh, there was no internet at that time, mind you, this was the early nineties. So I couldn't just look up bodybuilders and bodybuilding and research and articles and PubMed and all this stuff, um, YouTube and all that stuff. So I go to the local GNC back when they used to be cool, not the shit show they are now. And this was back when, as I said, no internet. So it was all about bodybuilding magazines and bodybuilding books. And the GNC back then uh, had a ton of them. And I bought every issue they had on the rack. Uh, even older months, if they had it sitting there, I bought it. And I went home and I spent all of my time devouring as much information as I could. And at that time, I didn't realize that bodybuilding magazines were just catalogs and bullshit about selling supplements. But the one good thing about the 90s was the magazines were still kind of cool because back then the focus wasn't on, you know, as it is today, sadly, about, you know, uh, performance enhancing drugs and, sup you, know, you know, extreme supplementation. Back then, it was about training. It was about nutrition. That's what every article was about. It's how do these guys train? How do they um, eat? And these magazines, you know, really were trying to push a hardcore, you know, ideology. So it was a gritty and, and black and white and, and sweat and iron and, and rusty gyms and, you know, these insane physiques. And I was like, I was enamored by it. I was, I was instantly hooked. And here I am, this 170 pound guy who had never really trained before in his life, who was immediately thrust into this world. And I just began to devour it all day, sometimes into the night at work. I would get busted, you know, flipping through a book or reading an article or, or, or flipping through a magazine. And when on my lunch breaks, that's all I would do. And I couldn't wait for, you know, the, the, the bell to go off that work was over and I could go to the gym and go through another damn torture session. So that's how I got thrown into it. 
And so I began to get results fairly quickly. And back then, the you know you were told in the bodybuilding world that there's really three things you do. And this is what I learned right out of the gate. You train to the point of absolute suffering. You completely kill yourself because that's, that's how you get the body to grow. You eat like a fucking shark. You just eat, eat, eat because that's the raw materials you need to make muscle grow and to give your body what it needs to build and overcompensate from the stress of the training. And then you got to make sure you get ample recovery, which means, you know, I read an article that said some of these top pros were sleeping 10 hours a night because and some were even taking naps after the workouts. You know, there was a famous thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger he used to nap for an hour after each workout. He, he swore to God that 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 made played a role and the, the amount of overtraining he was doing <laughs> probably did help. Uh, so that's what I did. So I was literally training at the gym four or five days a week with a competitive bodybuilder who continued to kick my ass. And I learned a lot from that and I, and I, I'm indebted to the man for life. And like I said, we still hang out today, but, uh, and then I was eating like crazy now eating like crazy. Now, back then, obviously there was no ketogenic diet. There was no primal. There was no whatever. I mean, you did low carb if you were weeks out from a contest from a competition and a lot of bodybuilders back then didn't realize they were reaching ketosis in those last, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks, but they were, they didn't know what it was. They went low carb, but so, you know, all I read was, you know, from these, now you can understand, here's a 170 pound guy reading articles from, you know, 260 pound, you know, bodybuilders, and they're saying how they eat. Well, dumbass me decides, well, you know, if Dorian Yates eats this way, then I'm going to eat this way. So, you know, I believe this, and this is a true story. I've got witnesses, <laughs> I've got witnesses. Um, I started eating eight to 10,000 calories a day, eight to 10,000 calories a day. Um, remember that GNC I told you about where I bought all the magazines? Well, back in those days, uh, the, a big seller before we started to know better was weight gainers and mass gainer shakes. And there was one called, uh, mega mass 4,000 or something, something ridiculous like that. And, uh, it was literally to where you could mix up a shake essentially that provided you with, you know, several thousand calories in a serving. So, uh, it's literally in like, like this giant, you know, picture, like a big dog food bag, like a 40 pound dog food bag filled with powder. And, uh, so I cart this thing home. I literally had to buy a second blender. I, I discovered that very quickly. And I would combine scoops of this stuff in both blenders. I would fill each one with whole milk, a little bit of heavy cream, I'd read that in an article that a guy would do when building mass. Funny how all these years later I'm using heavy cream now in my coffee. But uh, I would put uh, peanut butter and oats into these things. I would literally make these two two pitchers in a blender that I would literally eat, you know, drink double fisted. It took me about 30, 40 minutes just to get through them both. I would take in over 3,000 calories, sometimes more, in one sitting to the point I thought I was going to freaking throw up. And I did this literally every day, usually after my workout as opposed to workout. And uh, then I would continue to eat throughout the day, you know, massive quantities of meat and eggs and fish and, and rice and potatoes and vegetables. And, you know, I, 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 would, I was also one of these whack jobs that would literally set my alarm for two in the morning, wake up, drink a protein shake or eat a can of tuna and go back to bed because that's what you did. That's what I was told to do. So I did it. But the thing was, is what I also discovered through this is... Thank you, mom and dad. 
I stumbled on to the fact that I had great genetics for this stuff. I found out I was a hyper responder, what's called a hyper responder. You, you respond quickly to muscle growth. So I went from a 170 pound guy who'd never really trained to uh, over 205, 206 pounds within the first year. And it wasn't fat. I mean, it was muscle. And, and, I, and I really got an impressive physique and I that became even more obsessed. And uh, so that started my endeavor into the whole training world. I, I, I devoured everything I could. I traveled, I went to clinics and seminars. I had the distinct honor and privilege of having some uh, consultation sessions with the great Mike Menser. Um, he even, uh, I, I called his offices cause there was no internet back then. You picked up the phone, left a message and he literally called me. And if you don't know who Mike is, you're going to hear a lot about him in, in future podcasts. He's one of my heroes in the sport. Uh, he called me back and proceeded to talk to me from California on the phone for over an hour. And this was before I'd given the man a penny. And then I bought some consult phone consultations with him and then had the honor of actually doing one session with him in the gym. I, I literally flew to California and it was a really, really neat thing. And, and I worked with some other great gurus and coaches and, you know, we'll discuss all these things in future episodes. But so I became immersed into this world and responded very quickly. Oh, and by the way, you remember that girl I told you about? Well, we have now been married 25 years, silver anniversary, four kids thrown into this world. And uh, we now even have a grandson. So that worked out well. So actually, like I said, in hindsight, I'm glad the whole thing happened because it, it gave it put me through this point in my life where I needed to define myself to discover my calling. I did. And then we got back together and the rest is history. But uh, so that's basically my story in a nutshell. But, uh, you know, again, my journey was one of absolute extreme intensity. I killed myself. And then as I got more into the training uh, methodology and my training and nutrition education, most of it training at that time, because I didn't know any better at the time. I thought I had the diet covered, just stuff yourself with enough raw materials to grow. And it was working for a while. But uh, I went through that and, and I started studying the works of Arthur Jones and uh, the aforementioned Mike Menser and my favorite bodybuilder of all time, Dorian Yates, because of his insane work ethic. And he is known for you know, have, going through some of the most intense training of any pro ever. You know, there's only a handful that are known for throwing it all out there. And he was one of them. So uh, he was also the current Mr. Olympia when I got into this. So I was, I was immediately drawn to him. And he had this great, he was this blue collar work ethic. He wasn't one of these, you know, shiny California, Southern California golden boys driving a Corvette with bikini models in the sun. Uh, working out on Muscle Beach, he was working out in a dank, cold, hard gym in uh, Birmingham, England, and would walk to the gym in the snow, and you know the guy would just kill himself. And, and the, the stories of his training were legendary. And I was just drawn to that blue-collar, hardcore work ethic, and I tried to mimic that in everything I did. And I, I absolutely killed myself, and probably to a point where it was overboard and extreme, and. I probably in hindsight should have even dialed back the volume a little more than I did, but uh, it worked well for me. And ultimately I achieved at that time in just a little over a year, uh, my genetic set point, as I like to call it, through hard training and lots of calories, I reached uh, about 231 to 233 pounds. 
And that's kind of where I capped out. I, I really, no matter what I did after that, I really couldn't grow anymore. And I, I would have needed to be terribly enhanced in, if you know what I mean, but I didn't do that. And that's kind of what my set point was. And, uh, but I was happy with that because I was very muscular and very strong and loved training. And, and then I went from loving training and being obsessed with training to becoming a trainer. And went on this whirlwind tour, I worked and uh, went back to Florida for a time and worked for some very high profile Gold's gyms down in Florida, the coast of Florida, worked uh, in several big, huge uh, Bally Total Fitness gyms back. They were big back in the day uh, and some big, uh, you know, Gulf area of Florida gyms and did some consulting down there and just kind of went on this whirlwind tour of working for some great gyms with some great people. Some of the gyms that I managed and ran had IFBB pros in them that I had the honor and privilege of being able to hang out with and train and, and watch train and be a part of that and still going to shows and, you know, being engulfed in the lifestyle and, and, you know, meeting a lot of top pros at the time and hanging out and rubbing elbows with a lot of the, the legends from the nineties bodybuilding world. And so I had a, it was a lot of fun and I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. And honestly, fast forward, I kind of got so into it that I really kind of burned myself out and I wanted to kind of shift gears. So in the early 2000s, I shifted gears and I got kind of stepped away from the bodybuilding world. Uh, I didn't train as intensely. I started training more for just general fitness. I started doing some cycling. I started doing a little bit of running. Uh, some swimming, some cross training that way, and was still training pretty hard, but not to that level of intensity that I did through my first, you know, decade of bodybuilding uh, training. And that was when, uh, and another big part of that is when I realized that for, for what I thought, I thought I was a very healthy guy. You know, I, I trained hard, I worked hard, I, I, at the, I thought I was eating well, but I was having some massive joint distress. My hips hurt so bad uh, in the morning that I, I could hardly get out of bed and it would take me 15 minutes to get to the point where I could even go down the stairs uh, to start my day. And I was, I was plagued by that, to be quite honest with you. And so I started diving into that research and this is when the early days where the paleo nutrition movement was just underway and it was a fringe thing, it wasn't popular at all but I stumbled onto some articles about it where they were putting direct correlations between your nutrition and inflammation and the detrimental effects of carbohydrate over, you know, over carbohydrate consumption and seed oils. And it, it made sense to me. And I'd even visited some orthopedics and some doctors who said that there was nothing wrong with me. There's no reason I should be having this pain. And when I posed the question to this last orthopedic that I met and, uh, and went to, I said, doc, could this be nutritional? And he looked at me like I was insane and said, no, basically to him, it was, it was concrete. If he did not see something in his examination, then it didn't exist and it must be in my head. So that irritated and pissed me off a little bit. So I went on my own journey uh, and here's what I did. So I kind of went, I, I found an article about the paleo ancestral health, you know, sort of the caveman diet before, before it became a thing. And I tried it. And so what I did was I eliminated all complex carbohydrates except for sweet potatoes and some starchier vegetables like squash and things like that. Like that. And um, I switched to all you know protein and vegetables and I started consuming just what I would call uh, healthy oils, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil. 
And the inflammation probably subsided by, I would say 80%. It, it was, I was blown away. And I leaned out quickly because, you know, back in the body, my bodybuilding days, it was either, you know, massive mass phase and then a cut. Well, I found by doing this paleo thing and reducing my carbs, I leaned out very quickly without even trying. And it was, I was in a, a caloric deficit. I get that. But I do think, uh, the, the excessive carbohydrate does play a role. Uh, excessive insulin secretion does play a role. Being a, a dominant uh, glucose burner plays a role. Uh, all of these things, you know, form uh, a, a synergy. Uh, it can either be positive or detrimental. And for me, it was detrimental. And when I reduced the carbohydrates and added more fats, everything changed. So I sort of lived that way for a while. And as I got deeper and deeper into the paleo movement, it, it exploded and became popular. I noticed as I was uh, researching paleo and, and primal and ancestral health stuff that the word ketosis kept popping up, which interests me. So I went down that rabbit hole. And when I looked at the correlation between ketones and metabolic flexibility and the difference between being a glucose burner and a fat burner with having the metabolic flexibility to burn uh, easily convert to whatever fuel source of, is available to you. And, 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 you know, it, it all made sense. It seemed logical. It seemed rational. When I walked through it, through that logical, rational, you know, microscope, it just made sense. And I started going that route and it just worked. So, um, this was over, a, it was, this was 10 years ago that I first went what you would say, you know, quote, keto quote, and added more fats into my diet, kept my protein high, because I was, I was a high protein guy for my bodybuilding days. I just thought, you know, you need the protein, and I knew why, so I kept the protein fairly high. And uh, so I was doing that, I got in great shape, even though I wasn't training, doing a bodybuilding style training anymore, so I'd lost some weight, you know, instead of being 233 pounds, I was, you know, now in like the, the, the 180s, 190s, very fit, very lean, um, and then lo and behold, in 2015, uh, uh, keto just exploded into the landscape. And the funny thing was, is at that same time, keto blew up. I was opening a new gym. We, we upgraded our gym and made it, and I designed it to be more of a hardcore gym, minimalistic gym. And all of a sudden I just started to get the bug again for, you know, wanting to train hard in the gym again. I, I didn't want to do any more cycling. That was becoming too dangerous. People were getting hit by cars and I'd kind of burned out on the running thing. I'd taken that to the, to the level that I needed to and I was satisfied with that. And I just developed, I just w literally woke up one day and thought, I want to start training hard again. And then I got this crazy idea. What if, wouldn't it be a really cool bucket list thing now that I'm in, at that time I was in my 40s, mid 40s, to do what I never did back when I was heavily, heavily into the hardcore bodybuilding world. I never competed when I was in those days. I always wanted to be on the other side. I wanted to be the analytical guy, the coach, the trainer. I never really had a desire to stand on stage in the Speedo uh, at that time. It was just not, not my thing. I was always kind of an introvert. I was quiet. I was studious. I was always deep thinking. I was always experimenting. It was, it was like, it was my science, you know, it was my experiment. And I got off on the training. I didn't care about competition. Well, I thought in my mid forties, wouldn't it be cool if as a bucket list thing, you know, I finally put on my resume, Hey, I've competed. So I thought, 
fuck it, I'm going to do it. And uh, it, it literally just happened that quickly. And uh, I sat down with my wife and she was on board and because I knew I would need a lot of support because I knew from experience what it took to go through a bodybuilding prep. And I talked to my workout partners and they were like, okay, let's do it. And then it just happened. But then but in the back of my mind, I thought, why can't I do this and prove that you can do it on a ketogenic diet? So that's sort of how my ketogenic bodybuilding hybrid approach came together. And I, tr- I, I, I competed in 2015, I competed in 2016, competed in 2017, competed in 2018, com- and in 2019, which was my last show in October of last year, I competed. I, I've done very well in every year. I have two you know, first place finishes that I'm very proud of. I won the 50 plus last year in, in, a, very, you know, in, a, in a very competitive, strong MPC national qualifying show. I was uh, ecstatic to have won the heavyweight open class, and these are against guys some half my age, you know. So in, in that span of five or six years, you know, I had two first, three seconds, and a third place finish, and I was very pleased with that because it was in, you know, national qualifying NPC shows and, uh, you know, up, up against some good competition. So I was very pleased with that. And with each successive year, I went more and more what you would call keto. Uh, kept my carbs very low and it was just a lot of meat, a lot of eggs, some vegetables and healthy oils. And then I started working carbohydrates around uh, specific things and, you know, timed properly and uh, started experimenting. I knew I needed to have some insulin secretion. I knew I needed to, you know, uh, make sure that I maximized T3 hormone, you know, uh, thyroid hormones. There were several things I knew had to be in check. And I really believe if you looked at this, that carbohydrates played a role, but I needed to be specific with how they played the role. And I would know I need to learn how to time them properly. So that's how ketogenic bodybuilding was born for me. And there wasn't a lot of people doing it. I, at that time, I didn't know anybody that was doing it. All I ever heard from everybody was you can't build muscle. You can't compete. You can't do that on a key. You can't do any of this shit on a ketogenic diet. Yeah, you can run. You can be one of these ultra runner guys. You can maybe be a crossfitter kind of, but you can't be this jacked bodybuilder type on keto. It's like, hmm, well, when I'm running through the physiology of it, it makes no sense why you can't. So fuck it, let's, let's run through this and see if we can give this a go. So I did. So what is ketogenic bodybuilding? So that's my goal today. You know, you're, you've kind of been brought to speed on, on my background. You know, you've got, <laughs> you've got a nickel's worth out of a hundred dollars story. Uh, but I think it's enough to set the table to, to show you that, I, you know, that I've been walking the walk and, 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 you know, this journey of mine has been exhaustive to say the least. In fact, I've forgotten incredible stories uh, that I sometimes remember and like, holy shit, did I actually do that? And, and I'll be telling these stories a lot. So don't worry, they're coming. But for now, let's walk through my ketogenic bodybuilding approach, my hybrid approach um, to kind of set the table for all this. And then in successive weeks, we can start tearing apart specific attributes and specific uh, ideology of, of how all this works. And I can even start answering a lot of your questions. So, but this should sort of form a, a, a basis on, on my ketogenic bodybuilding journey and what I've done and what I do for my clients, just sort of broad strokes. So anyway, here we go. Ketogenic bodybuilding, my version. Ketogenic bodybuilding, two words that even today are synonymous with not belonging together. 
Uh, you're not going to see too many people throwing those two words together. And we still get a lot of raised eyebrows just with what we're doing in the ketogenic bodybuilding group. And when I tell people that, you know, sometimes I wear my ketogenic bodybuilding t-shirt or people find out, you know, who I am and what I'm doing, you know, they still kind of look at me with a raised eyebrow, like, you know, how are you making this work and da da da? And are you really doing this or are you cheating? I'm like, no, I mean, this is what I do. So they're, they're two words that really don't belong in many people's minds, but I'm here to say that they absolutely do. Uh, so th some say they don't belong together or they think, well, even today with the ketogenic diet dominating the nutritional and weight loss landscape, with, which gained massive popularity, as I said, in 2015, and it really doesn't show any sign of losing steam anytime soon. I mean, it's like anything, it's kind of expanded into other genres. We've got the, the carnivore movement, which is, if I'm being honest, I'm probably 85% carnivore anyway. I just eat a lot of meat and eggs, if, if we're being honest. But um, ever since it's uh, started to dominate the landscape and its variations, still many in the extreme physique community aren't on board. And the truth is, a ketogenic nutritional protocol is not only great for reducing body fat, but also, as millions have discovered, it's a very powerful tool for eliminating the myriad of adverse effects that many experience um, uh, from a diet that's high in sugar and processed carbohydrates and industrial seed oils, which can be extremely damaging, as many have experienced. It might be the reason that most people make the shift over to a ketogenic diet, plus the the mental acuity aspects of it, the, the mental focus aspects, which is uh, can be amazing, actually. But uh, can you build and maintain, uh, maintain lean muscle? And the short answer is absolutely, yes, you can. And I, as well as many of my clients, are, are living proof of this. Um, my ketogenic bodybuilding hybrid protocol, it combines the highly effective ketogenic diet uh, and elements of the ketogenic diet with uh, high intensity training principles and we combine the two to achieve the maximum genetic result that we can possibly look to achieve. Uh, a ketogenic diet involves greatly reducing the intake of carbohydrates, as you know, and replacing them with the optimal amount of dietary fat, matching each individual's unique needs, uh, energy, and output. The thing about it is, is one thing that I need, I, I practically need to say this two or three times a week, and not only in conversation, but in Facebook groups and online and social media, Everybody has been inundated uh, and brainwashed to believe that a ketogenic diet means it's about arbitrarily chugging excess amounts of fats down your throat and putting sticks of butter in your coffee and, you know, eating six pounds of fat back uh, for dinner. And it's absolutely bullshit. Keto isn't about high fat. Keto is about low carb. I could tie you to a chair and pour fat down your throat all day long. It's going to do nothing to get you into ketosis unless I reduce the carbohydrate. The reduction of carbohydrate is what puts the body into ketosis, either that or, or just full on starvation, which I don't recommend, especially if you're trying to build a lot of muscle. So, um, you know, by reducing the body's uh, carbohydrate and uh, replacing that energy with dietary fat and keeping your protein high, this forces the body to burn fat instead of carbs, you know, for energy, uh, thus putting the body into a metabolic state known as ketosis to fuel the brain and the muscles and the organs. And um, it puts you into ketosis when it's needed, uh, developing metabolic flexibility. So you, after you go through sort of a induction phase uh, into the ketogenic diet, uh, which there's a, a very specific protocol for that as well, it takes about three to six weeks, you then develop that metabolic flexibility to where no matter what fuel you're putting in your body, your body becomes um, adapted 
to burning that fuel. And then when that fuel source changes, it can revert back on the fly to, to, to burning what is available to it. So you can be in ketosis and be humming along, burning your body stored body fat and the, the fat and, and protein that your body consumes. And you may take in some uh, carbohydrate around your training or in a refeed protocol, which we're going to talk about. And then you'll use that for its intended purposes. And then your body is intelligent enough at that point to go back to whatever fuel source you give it again. So if I take in carbohydrate on a refeed day to restore glycogen stores and sort of reset your thermostat, the next day you can go right back into a ketogenic dietary approach and your body will instantly make that shift without having to go through some long drawn out you know, uh, adaptation process. So I call it simply deplete target reload or DTR for short, uh, wherein carbohydrates uh, are practically fully eliminated down to about 20 to 30 grams a day, but then they are used as a specific tool with specific timing and amounts and frequency to replenish the body's glycogen stores and be used to assist with performance at the precise times needed per the individual's unique needs like uh, high intensity workouts, right? So, uh, or whatever, you know, high intensity workouts you're engaging in. If you look at the science of energy and muscle growth through a logical and rational microscope, I think you'll agree that if certain parameters are met, you can gain sufficient lean mass while adopting ketogenic principles. You just absolutely can. The physiology and the science supports this. And I've seen it happen too many times. I've certainly proved this not only with myself, but with dozens of coaching clients over the last several years and other peers in the industry who are doing like-minded things that I admire from afar. And, you know, they're, they're proving it well, you know, so we're sort of a united front. But in order to put on sufficient muscle mass while also staying lean, you know, certain criteria must be met. Um, you must train the body hard. We talked about this, my whole experience. You have to bust your ass through a well-structured strength training program using high intensity and pushing skeletal muscles to the point of momentary muscular failure to properly break down muscle tissue in order to overcompensate by stimulating new growth. You gotta bust your ass, okay? Then two, you have to allow ample recovery time to allow the body to heal and grow. And sometimes that takes multiple days, if not maybe a week in some cases, depending on the individual and their genetics and their you know, time in training and all these things. You also have to ingest adequate amounts of raw materials in the right ratios to stimulate that growth, repair cells and tissue and supply the working muscles with ongoing energy. But the debate here seems to always just go back to carbs. So. Is carbohydrate a necessary macronutrient for growth to occur? I say no. Well, not completely. At least not in excessive amounts. Instead of a like thinking of carbs as a bucket avalanche full of fucking water, think of it as an IV drip that's needed in certain situations. Uh, carbohydrate is simply an energy source. That's what it is, as fat can be as well. Uh, carbohydrate can be used as a specific tool at a specific time in specific amounts to enhance high intensity efforts and intermittently to refill glycogen stores and reset hormonal balance. Some need very little, some need more. It depends on the individual. This is based on the individual uh, and their own specific training volume, their training intensity, their genetics, you know, all these things factor in. Everyone is different. Trust me, I work with 70 people online, you know, 30 in the gym, and I've been doing this for years. Everybody's different. But 
not so different that it requires massive adjustments. Most people are just slight little adjustments from the next in order to really dial in what they need for their specific goals and their genetics and their body and their age, their gender, all these things come into play. The only real absolute here, people, is that there's no specific human requirement for carbohydrate by the body to sustain life. That's a fact. That is a medical fact. If you never eat another gram of carbohydrate for the rest of your life, you can live a very, very, very good life. If you go, if you take your fat to zero, you'll die. If you take your protein to zero, you will die. Take your carbs to zero, all can still be good in the hood. So we use carbohydrate as a specific tool at specific times for specific goals per the individual's unique needs to get the most out of training, right? Okay, so the bodybuilding enthusiast, whatever that means to you, or, or even the hardcore competitive bodybuilder can benefit greatly by using ketogenic principles and going through periods of nutritional ketosis throughout the year. Um, it's periodization, just like with your training. Uh, excessive carbohydrate load can have severe detrimental effects on many of us. I experienced this myself. And my hybrid approach seems to have kind of worked out the kinks and has worked wonders for me and my clients. So how does that work? It's a super simple blueprint, people. This is not complicated. I'm not gonna, I don't have any weird emotional attachment to this shit. I just know it works. And I always say to people, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. I, I, I want it simple. So when I started using this, I realized, well, shit, this is really simple. So let me walk through it. I call it DTR, or it stands for Deplete Target Reload. And you can even kind of figure out where I'm going with this just by the title. But my Deplete Target Reload protocol has worked incredibly well in both myself and dozens of clients, both competitive and non-competitive over the years. I'll be honest, I, I tried to use a strict full-time ketogenic diet in building, in building extreme physiques for both myself and others, but the truth is, it never really yielded the dramatic effects I was looking for. You know, this is just a different level, you know. Um, I love the health, the anti-inflammatory, the brain-boosting benefits of ketosis, but for building lots of lean, hard, or dare I say, extreme sexy physiques, it does have its limitations, sure. And a keto diet is great for fat loss, to a point, and improved health, but for those of us who not only want to reap the health and brain-boosting benefits of keto while building a body that looks, looks spectacular naked, or on stage in a Speedo, in my case, uh, then the truth is many must incorporate some carbohydrate in the right amounts at the right times in order to maximize your full potential. I keep beating this dead horse, but repetition is the mother of skill. You need to keep hearing this over and over again. I mean, my dad always told me any job can be easier and successful if you have the right tools. Carbs are a tool. Pull that tool out of the toolbox when needed to get the job done you will be reloading muscle glycogen and re resetting your metabolic thermostat weekly for most of you with structured carbohydrate refeeds. Now, understand that a refeed is not a cheat meal, though you will have you know, cheat meals on occasion, and I think they can be beneficial. Uh, they are not to be confused with reload days. The body is always trying to reach homeostasis or balance. And in time, even the strictest adherence to clean dieting will stall. It will. Sorry, it will. So we must throw some gasoline on your metabolic fire when it begins to fade. In nearly every case I deal with when there is a stall in fat loss, a structured refeed seems to always do the trick to get the machinery moving again and break through the stall. That's for most. There are outliers out there that I can't give any carbs to. 
apart from just some green leafy vegetables. Otherwise, you know, shit just goes off the rails. But that's a very small number of people with severe metabolic dysfunction. Most people respond very well, especially if they train hard on the refeed principle. This refeed will reset hormones to a degree and generate some needed insulin release. It will restore leptin sensitivity uh, and uh, get everything kind of moving again. And uh, lastly, importantly, in regard to thyroid, um, with the thyroid hormone T3 levels, uh, they're reduced uh, on a low carb diet. And a refeed day uh, leads to insulin production, which is required for maximizing the conversion of T4, which is your inactive thyroid hormone, to T3, the active hormone. And uh, sometimes it's a full on cheat meal will be necessary to, to put that uh, machinery into motion. Plus, there's a psychological benefit uh, to letting your guard down once in a while, taking a little diet break, enjoying some food. There's holidays, birthdays, whatever. I usually incorporate refeeds or reloads after a few weeks of compliance. Once and everybody's kind of on the right path and they've received full, you know, metabolic flexibility. Um, and, uh, you know, the cheap meals. Well, let's be honest. Um some people can't do them right out of the gate. Obviously, people who are des who desperately need to lose a substantial amount of body fat would not need a big cheat meal two weeks in. So if, if your whole thing is obsessing over when do I get the cheat meal, then you're not looking through this, you know, through the proper light. Uh, but they do become necessary down the road. So it's, it really is, you know, you really have to do your homework or, or revert to your coach's expertise as to when these things apply. But the weekly refeed does work, and those amounts of carbohydrate are manipulated and prescribed, again, to each person's indiv individual needs. Um, but throwing a cheat meal to somebody who's morbidly obese and needs to lose 100 pounds would be counterproductive and irresponsible, both physically and emotionally. So we don't want to go down that road. But so when you put it into action, the premise of the deplete target reload DTR diet is essentially the same with both a gain phase and a hard cutting phase. Now, keep in mind, you're either cutting or you're gaining. So you choose which course and act accordingly. But the, the same thing applies. You just have to alter it slightly depending on whether you're in a, in a, in a build phase or a gain phase or a cut. We simply adjust the fat intake and drop to a caloric deficit if you're cutting, because you have to be in a deficit if you're cutting. Sorry, you do. If you're trying to build mass, gain phase, I always begin with the high protein, and that's usually about a gram to a gram and a half uh, per pound of body weight. And we keep the fat moderate, and that's usually about a half a gram to three quarter gram per pound of body weight men, and almost always about a half a gram for women. And you keep the carbs very, very low. No direct sources of carbs apart from occasional fibrous vegetables and like green leafy vegetables and things like that. And bump the client into a caloric surplus. If you're cutting, the fat is lowered um, and a caloric deficit is set. So that's the way that works. Um, in the deplete phase, and we're talking roughly six days a week, the brain goes into ketosis. It uses ketone bodies for energy and thus the energy requirements can almost all be supplied by fats, which you'll be taking in plenty of if you're gaining muscle. For the target phase, uh, deplete target reload, for target, the only activity that uses carbs will be your weight training workout, which uses, I, I usually prescribe anywhere from nine to 30 grams of carbohydrate per workout, depending on the individual. 
you will get these nine to 30 grams of carbohydrate both indirectly throughout the day with a tiny amount of carbs that enter the body through the diet and supplemental carbs through either a supplement form uh, or uh, like a pre-workout or through some food. And um, I usually do this about 15 to 30 minutes before training. It could be a cyclic dextrin supplement or it could be like something as simple as a, a rice cake and peanut butter. Um, the goal is to fuel your intense training and take advantage of some in insulin response. Then the reload is employed once per week and that will top off glycogen stores and that will provide a storehouse of energy in the muscles uh, in case of an emergency. Very, very little gluconeogenesis in the liver will be occurring. You don't have to worry about uh, spilling over if you do this properly and in, in, in the proper structured way. Um, I always say, you know, it, you know, carbs or excess protein doesn't turn to gummy bears. I've heard some people compare it to chocolate cake. There's a lot of analogies out there, but you don't have to worry about gluconeogenesis for the most part if you're doing this right. And we kind of make sure everybody is doing it right. So that's kind of a big myth. Um, we will ensure that muscle is spared for sure. So deplete, deplete or deplete week is simply your go-to daily diet six days of the week. High protein, very low carb, moderate fat. Most will follow this Monday through Saturday and then once advised, have a reload or refeed day on Sunday. Or, you know, you can pick the day. It just depends how your schedule works. Or you can deplete, you know, like Sunday through Friday and make Saturday your refeed day, whatever. Whatever, whatever scenario works best in your schedule. It's six days on, one day refeed. And the refeed day will often uh, have one, anywhere from one to three refeed meals. Some people need one meal a day. Uh, to get the job done, some need to space it out. It depends on you know, your genetics, your goals, all these things. And uh, you'll also want to lower your dietary fat on your reload days to, and I usually say generally under 60 grams, but you don't have to go, you don't have to obsess over that as some people will try to tell you, but you don't. Um, so target, we talked about targeting, having those grams of carbohydrates specifically around your training. The target element of DTR is targeting specific carbohydrates around workouts for energy. These carbs will burn hot and be used for energy during workouts and then they're used up. These carbs will not spill over into your fat stores provided the quantity is low and the workouts are intense. We talked about in the intensity of training. It's going to be a big topic on all my podcasts. Target carbs should be as simple, as simple as, like I said, it can be like a rice cake or two with a small amount of natural peanut butter. Uh, sometimes I'll put a little pink salt on that, which also helps for the pump and the energy during a workout. Sometimes it could be something as simple as like some cream of rice with uh, a protein shake. It could be some uh, fast absorbing carb powder, a cyclic dextrin, uh, you know, kind of a powder kind of a thing. Uh, or, you know, if, if you, know, you could even throw in some MCT oil along with a very small amount of carbohydrates and let those two work uh, synergistically into the mitochondria of the muscle. It works really well. Uh, medium chain triglyceride oil does work. You'll see people even in my group that say, oh, yeah, MCT oil is bullshit. You don't need that fat. Well, if you do your research, uh, you know, bodybuilders uh, have been using MCT oil during, you know, cut phases since the early 90s because this uh, MCT oil, this, this, uh, this, Oxygen, you know, this, this, this fat, this manufactured fat, basically, it's uh, you take coconut oil through a process of fractionization and you, you know, sort of separate the, the molecules. And if you use a pure C8 MCT oil, uh, your muscles will use this fat as an immediate energy source 
into the mitochondria, won't spill over to fat stores, and will even help boost ketone production. So I usually mix a tablespoon of that with a whey shake and hammer that down, you know, before training. Or, or oftentimes I'll just have one in, uh, some C8 MCT in the morning with my coffee, but I'm kind of digressing here. But uh, play with the ratios and see what works for you. But most of my clients, I recommend everyone begin with between nine and 30 grams of pre-workout carbs to assess your tolerance and performance. And this will obviously vary per the individual. A 200 pound man can obviously take in, four than, uh, take in more than a 120 pound female. So, so that's how you target carbs around your, your, your diet throughout the day. You, you bring in some small amounts around training and I promise you, you don't need as much as you think you do. So don't use it as an excuse to eat freaking donuts, okay? Um, reload refeed, that one day a week where we get to reload some carbohydrates, reload muscle glycogen. Now you'll see others out there doing a refeed and using things like freaking fruity pebbles, pop tarts and donuts and pizza and burgers and other, uh, other shit foods. To me, in my opinion, based on my experience, this is not the same or at least not in, in my eyes, uh, to me, that's a cheat meal or a cheat day, not a refeed or a reload. And you gotta remember, I do incorporate cheat meals for nearly everyone at a point, but certain criteria must be met before these uh, are issued out. Um, in my de deplete target reload protocol, reloads, refeeds, will utilize cleaner, uh, low to no sugar, nutrient dense, dense foods like you know, your old bodybuilding staples of carbohydrates like cream of rice, sweet potatoes, rice, rice cakes, I use gluten-free oatmeal, etc. These cleaner, quote, air quote, cleaner, more nutrient-dense, lower fat carbs um, uh, work best and translate better on your physique, in my opinion. And I'm just not a fan of these high-sugar, high-processed shit sugar foods in, in a refeed protocol. I've tried it. And... Uh, the first time I tried it, I literally almost passed out from the, the insane blood sugar response. And then I felt like I was in a fucking diabetic coma an hour later and couldn't even function. I, I distinctly remember this. I was trying to mow the damn backyard and I got dizzy and almost passed out because this massive, uh, you know, surge of sugar and then the residual low blood sugar that came with it. I thought I was, like was going to pass out. My heart rate went through the roof. I felt like, like dog shit. Um, so, but when I use things like cream of rice with my eggs, say for breakfast or a sweet potato with a steak, I still feel okay. I feel good. And I always wake up the next day feeling good, full vascular sort of recharged, uh, w without any spillover. And I don't, I don't have the cravings the next day that, that I do on some of these high sugar shit refeeds. Um, so, uh, you'll still be using some healthy fats on these days, like I said, but just, just lower them a bit. You, and again, you don't have to obsess over it. Um, remember carbohydrates are not essential nutri nutrients in the muscle building process. However, they are very necessary source of energy since we do not want to use all the essential muscle building fat to fuel our workouts. When in a gain phase, especially carbohydrates are a great energy source to to preserve the dietary protein and fat for muscle building purposes. While in a you know, dieting stage, however, fat becomes much more desirable energy source since it suppresses insulin release while carbs, you know, stimulate, ins while carbs stimulate ins insulin release. So fat helps the body to maintain energy levels in the absence of carbohydrate and provides essential fatty acids to the body which prevent protective preservation of stored body fat from occurring, whereas, whereby fat mobilization is halted. And it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels, reducing food cravings, and along with protein, increases satiety. 
Um, so when it's time to get shredded, fats are then reduced for a short period of time. So what are healthy fats? Once again, it's not about putting sticks of butter in your coffee and chugging fat with reckless abandon. And please, for God's sake, don't tell me eat fat to burn fat because that's just stupid. That doesn't even make sense. That's just not the way it works. It sounds great if you're trying to push some bullshit cookie cutter keto diet to the you know unwitting masses, but that's really just not the way it works. Um, so healthy fats, they are important, but the best sources come from uh, the essential fatty acids, omega-6, the omega-3s especially. Uh, most of us get enough omega-6s, but we're often deficient in, in omega-3s. Um, uh, the omega-3s can be harder to get, and I recommend whole omega-3 eggs or pastured eggs, like, I, like I've got my own chickens. Uh, fatty fish like salmon, swordfish, tuna, mackerel. Um, even on occasion, some almonds and macadamia nuts and walnuts have some omega-3s. Um, they do have some omega-6s as well, so watch your balance and ratios. Another great fat source, uh, fat source is monounsaturated fats, uh, such as extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, and my personal favorite, macadamia nut oil. Uh, these are not essential, but they are great for the metabolism, a great source of energy, and they are extremely good for your heart. Never a bad thing, especially when you're an old guy like me. And uh, fats are essential to cellular function and repair and are necessary for hormone production, especially testosterone, guys. These people that are doing these protein sparing modified fast for months at a time, uh, you're just fucking up your hormones and you're dropping your test levels. That's why we do it for a short period of time, then you get those healthy fats back up. Um, these fats all also provide great energy to fuel your body. And uh, gluconeogenesis provides the fuel uh, glucose uh, from the targeted uh, ketogenic diet for the training itself. So. Anyway, that's, that's the way that works. So let's talk about meal frequency, muscle gain and excess protein. Okay, here's the thing, I get it. With keto, you don't have to eat as often as you are burning your own fat for energy. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. Cravings are reduced, satiety is heightened, and it's perfectly fine if you're only eating twice a day, if that works for you, okay? And if you're crushing it on the on that style of, of eating, then hey, more power to you. If it's working for you, then you know, nothing more to see here. But for me, in my experience and with many others, if the goal is to build an extreme physique that maximizes lean mass, then is systematically preserved while shedding body fat, I found that the old school approach of consuming food every three, three to five hours works a little better. You need more protein and generally more calories than the lady in the cubicle next to you. She doesn't train like you. She doesn't train four to six days a week with extreme intensity. Doesn't do cardio three to four days a week or a high intensity interval training workout on Saturday morning. She has no aspirations to compete and never uses terms like peeled, cut, shredded, jacked, dry, vascular, hard, etc. For you, in my opinion, you need to eat. You also want to be as anabolic as possible to be in a positive nitrogen balance. A positive nitrogen balance is what all those looking to put on lean body mass must aim to achieve. It is important to obtain correct balance of essential and non-essential amino acids by regulating um, uh, and saturating our muscles um, uh, with, a, with a steady supply of raw materials needed to promote ongoing muscle protein synthesis. A diet heavy and complete proteins from whole foods such as you know steak and chicken and eggs and fish and the consumption of like we talked about that that one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight or more per day will help uh, keep your nitrogen balance in a positive state and therefore is critical. Therefore, I recommend you eat five to six meals a day. 
Uh, for those of you training to gain lean muscle mass, the most common pitfall confronted by most people is that they simply do not consume enough protein and calories. There, I said it. Okay, so uh, like I said, if, if what you're doing is working for you and you're happy with the results, fine. But if you're trying to take it to another level, you might want to try doing some of these things, okay? Um, another very important thing to consider or understand in a mass gain phase is that while frequent protein consumption is important, overconsumption of protein can also be detrimental to muscle gains. What? You know, I would, some of you out there already saying, no, that's not the way it works. No, true, trust me on this. I'm talking about extreme cases. Your body can only process so much protein at one sitting. Sorry, it's a fact. But this amount does vary from individual to individual, and it's more than you think. There, you happy now? It's more than you think. Most of you are not doing this, but for some, consuming too much protein taxes the liver and the kidneys, and since these organs are needed to metabolize, detoxify, and excrete the extra protein, that this invariably stunts the body's ability to synthesize new muscle. So don't let it get in the way by doing too much. Remember, it's not how much or how little, but it's the precise amount required. Remember, we don't want to draw valuable energy needed for protein synthesis to help uh, and aid the digestion and detoxification of excess protein. Uh, I see people consuming five to 600 grams of protein per day to increase muscle. Many are wasting most of this protein and causing our bodies to have to work extra hard to break it all down. Meanwhile, hard training athletes are greatly deprived of essential fats such as linoleic acid, omega-6 fats, and alpha-linoleic acid, those are the omega-3 fats, uh, healthy cholesterol from egg yolks and red meat, which you need for steroidal hormone synthesis, and monounsaturated fats like olive oil and macadamia nut oil for muscle cell membrane repair, what helps create the actual muscle cell. And that's what the one to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight, that's why that works well in my experience. It's high, but not too high to cause any issues. The only time I go higher protein is during the eight to 12 week contest style cut to reduce body fat to shredded insane sub 10% levels, but that is temporary because too much that's gonna be a bad thing. So that, that's why we have phases. So there you have it. My hybrid ketogenic bodybuilding protocol. Obviously the rough numbers provided are generalizations. I adjust all these numbers to my clients' unique needs and energy output and keep turning the knobs as we go along to get them dialed in. This approach was responsible for me building and maintaining a 230 pound physique and then enabled me to cut down to a sub 6%, 6 208 to 210 pounds and it helped me win first place in the open heavyweight class as well as uh, place first in the, in the Masters 50 plus in, in, like I said, my last competition. This is what I did to the letter. I've had similar success with clients of all ages, both male and female. So again, if you're looking to enjoy all the benefits, healthful benefits of the ketogenic diet, what it provides and still maintain an extreme physique, consider giving this a try. And we're gonna keep walking through this to some degree, um, you know, little by little with every episode and keep touching on all these very important topics. So, um, so I, I kinda wanted to lay the framework for you today of, of how this works, the sort of the, the cliff's notes of what I engage in and, and what works for me. So now you know a little bit more about my background. Maybe you've been on the, on the uh, ketogenic bodybuilding group and maybe, hell, maybe you're even one of my clients and you didn't know some of these things. So maybe you, know, you have a greater understanding of who I am and what I'm about and, 
you know, maybe it's maybe we can all bond more now. And since we maybe know a little bit more about each other and where we come from. So it has been one hell of a ride for me. It's been a crazy journey. I've learned a lot. I failed a lot and I've taken those failures and I've made them translate into new successes. And my goal has always been to translate, translate those successes to my clients and all the people out there that put their faith in me. So, and I will continue to do this. And with, through this medium of podcasting, I love it because, you know, I'm not on camera you know, YouTubing is great, but it's, you, you can't, in my opinion, I, I really can't be myself as well. The, the cool thing about this mic is I can be sitting here in my freaking boxers, you know, messed up hair, haven't shaved, you know, and you can't see me, but at a moment's notice, I can flip on the mic and I can just, you know, vent a little bit or share something that's on my mind uh, or through the week compile information that I collect throughout the week and then sort of just unload all of that on you through this medium so you can continue to learn and continue to grow. So uh, I hope this is going to be helpful. Hey, listen, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. First podcasts usually suck, you know, because it it takes some getting used to. And uh, I hope this one didn't suck too bad. And I don't want to leave you with any more today. I don't want to overwhelm you. Uh, but with each week that comes, I'm going to provide more uh, detailed information about this stuff. And feel free, please, people, to go on the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. Let me know what you want to hear. Keep throwing those questions up because I'm watching, believe it or not. I may not always have the time to respond, but I'm definitely watching. And I take notes and I save posts and I do screenshots. And then as I prepare for each show through the week, I will compile some of these things and make sure that I'm getting some of your questions answered. So I hope a few questions got answered today. I hope you have some more insight. Uh, so stay active in the group, invite your friends, recommend this podcast if I didn't completely bore you to death and understand that uh, everything I do, I do to do the ab to, to be the absolute best coach and trainer I can be. So. Speaking of coaching and training, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, I mean, it is how I feed my kids. It's how I make a living. Um, if you have a desire to do any one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, I have a thriving online coaching practice. Um, I work with nearly 70 wonderfully unique, fantastic human beings uh, on a daily basis online. Um, uh, if you'd like to join the club, I'd love to have you. And I also have this little membership called In the Trenches. In the Trenches is only $7 a month, literally seven bucks. And it's literally every workout that I do. So when I, when I go through a workout in the gym, regardless of what I'm doing or preparing for, I'm going to translate that workout into the In the Trenches membership so you can pull up the workout that I did. It has video descriptions of me doing each exercise. It has the number of sets I did, the number of reps I did, if I incorporated supersets and rest pause sets and pre-exhaustion and all the high intensity techniques that I do to, to, to build my physique. It's all there, it's only seven bucks a month. Anything that I do has a absolute cancel at any time policy. Uh, my online coaching is for people that want to take it to a whole nother level that want custom coaching by myself, one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do cookie cutter bullshit. 
you know, I prescribe it to you. I set your macros. I set your caloric ceiling. I prescribe daily workouts. I prescribe recovery. I prescribe cardio and I'm available 24 seven to answer your questions. Anytime you need me on a really cool app that you get right on your smartphone or tablet. So you have always have access to moi. So if that sounds like the kind of shit you're looking for, then uh, I would love to have you just go to robgoodwin.com. That's R O B G O O D W I N.com. Uh, there are links on there for the uh, online coaching, for the In the Trenches memberships, as well as some other great resources. Next time on podcast episode two, I have a little download that is available on the robgoodwin.com website. You can also get there by typing in kgbodybuilding.com. It's all going to take you to the same place. Uh, if you look at the other stuff tab, there is a download called the Rules of Engagement. Now, this little sucker... <laughs> Uh, has been downloaded over 10,000 times and growing. And uh, go ahead and download that and read it over because on the next podcast, on episode two, I'm going to be walking through the rules of engagement step by step and expanding on every rule of engagement. And so you have a very, very clear understanding, uh, an even greater understanding of first steps on this program and uh, how to navigate this path to achieving your best physique. So tune into that one. Thank you so much for hanging in there for episode one. I look forward to engaging with you every week. Until then, train your asses off, eat a steak, get lots of rest, and enjoy your families. Peace, people.